Welcome to the Prepare to Win Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver. Here with Dane Lee. Today, oh, and we have Ethan also in the house. You can't hear him probably, but he is in the sauna, making sure that we're doing all the right things, I guess. <laughs> it's going to creep on us a little bit. Um, today, I wanted to get into a topic. <laughs> so I've been... You know, sometimes like I'll see things online or I'll see, or I'll hear something on a podcast and like sparks ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen this a lot lately and I, I you know, I, it, we, as coaches, we constantly think about it too. Um, but it, you know, I, I keep seeing this about like simplicity is the way about, you know, not being overly fancy with things about, you know, all this stuff. Um, and it got me really thinking about like even clients I have or have had in the past, um, people I've seen come and go. Um, and you know, the ability for people and I'll, I'll give it to like the bodybuilding community, right? Like if you're a very high end bodybuilder, um, and you're very good at it you know, pro, uh, going pro, you know, borderline or whatever, um, you know, not Joe that places fifth at a local show. Um, but like someone that's deep, deep into it, those people are like the epitome of like routine, boring shit, right? Mm -hmm. They live in this little bubble of this is their nutrition. This is their workout regimen. They tap. I guarantee they don't get overly fancy with it. You know what I mean? lifestyle. And they do what they have to do to win. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And it kind of brings me to a point of like, if you want to get good at anything, and I don't care what it is, you have to follow the monotony of everything. Like, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, th- you can't name too many things where it's just not like there's a set structure, routine, you know, way. And I'm not saying like always can't be broken and modified and, you know, a new way found and all that stuff. But, we're trying to get too fancy with things or clients, especially like guys see all this shit online and you expect like that it's going to work for you or you expect you wonder why you're not doing it. Or you think that like you need to be switched to this model. That's some, you know, off the wall thing. And what you don't understand is like simplicity wins. The basics are always going to win. Right. Um, what I mean by that is like, you know, you need to eat certain foods, right? You need to eat certain macros to, for whatever your goal, okay? What you don't need, you know, and again, I'm speaking generalities. I'm not speaking for each individual client, but what you don't need is to do like, oh, I have to do uh, this ketogenic diet. Oh, I have to do intermittent fasting. Oh, I have to do, you know, no, why don't you get your macros down first? Why don't you learn to weigh track, you know, seven days a week for months on end and, you know, manipulate the macros that way. And then also like start to understand. So I'll have clients that they'll switch up their workout routines constantly. Like they might just be a nutrition client, right? And they're constantly switching up their workout routine and they don't understand like how that takes me time then to readjust your macros. And you're just throwing so many variables in constantly, right? So they might pop up two or three pounds or they might lose a little bit of weight or, you know, all these things start to fluctuate and happen. 
and they don't understand that it's because you're not regimented on the same thing right for an extended period of time now if you don't have a goal per se if you don't if this is like i'm not a powerlifter i'm not strongman i'm not bodybuilding i'm not crossfitting i'm not you know i'm not sport athlete whatever Mm -hmm. and you're just general fitness and hey you just like to do off the wall shit you just like it's what keeps it fun it's what keeps you active then okay like that's what we need to establish from the beginning and then my guidance would be understand i will do your nutrition but it, it might not be as optimal as what we can be because you want to bounce around and you want to go play basketball with your buddies, you know, once a week, but then you also want to, you know, go on these distance runs, but you want to lift heavy, but then you want to uh, go and do, you know, whatever golf. I don't know. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like there's so many things constantly going up, down, all over the place that like we'll need to find a basis in nutrition, but it makes it very difficult then to, adapt and to adjust those macros because your output is changing literally every single week right you know <clears throat> and again it's it's you know you've taken enough college courses to know this and enough um god too many yeah <laughs> enough experimental courses to know this like the more constants you can have like you have to account for all variables right mm-hmm. and the more constants you can have Generally, you can predict the outcome, right? Oh, it's funny you say that. I actually wrote that down. <laughs> oh, shit. Look at that. I, oh, man. Look at me. It's like we're on the same brain Almost. Sometimes. No, because you said uh, before, simplicity wins. Because yeah. simplicity is easier to make consistent. Because, mm-hmm. again, like you said, you have less variables you have to worry about. Yeah. Consistent makes it easier to find patterns. And when it comes to research, and it is, I mean, whether you're talking about doing high level research on something or something as simple as how much did I weigh this week? Like that's still research. We Mm -hmm. just don't think of it that way because it's not complex. It's just sipping on a scale. It's hard to figure out what the patterns are within that and to track it if you're bouncing all over the place. Yeah. And if you have a lot of variables, it makes it next to impossible to make it consistent. I mean, you can try to. It's just, that's what they say in research studies all the time. It's like you need to make it as simple as you can. You put too many things mm-hmm. in there, you're not going to know what the yeah, influences you're, are. You're not going to have a proper outcome. You know? you know what confuses me about it is we have simple routine in so many other things. Like when is the last time you changed how you brush your teeth? Yeah. Since I, you know, since yeah. like what in second grade, yeah. third grade when they come to your school and like show this you how, how to. Right. Hey, this is how hygienists tell you to doc, you know maybe you changed, tells you to brush your teeth yeah. like what kind of toothbrush you have maybe you oh. change the toothpaste or something but yeah we have these patterns that we do we don't think about it mm-hmm. like you said it's monotonous yeah but it works yeah so we just keep doing it but once you take it outside of those things and i know we've talked about it with nutrition where people are like well i'm bored mm-hmm. of always eating the same thing I'm start using sandpaper on my teeth <laughs> It's a, it's a new new way, new science. Everyone get on board. We're sandpapering. Just chew our, it. Yeah, sandpaper on the teeth. That's what we're doing. And it's ketogenic. <laughs> but we have monotony and we have routine and we have habits in all these different places. But as soon as you tell someone you have to do this new routine, it's no yeah. longer a choice. They feel like they want variety because yeah. they're not getting some kind of result that they weren't even paying attention to not getting before. Ex- yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> brings me, yeah. So like, People will not be consistent with, you know, whatever it is, macro counting, 
you know, it, they're, they're, I count my macros for five, six days, but I'm going to binge on the weekend mm-hmm. or whatever. And I'm going to do that. Then, you know, the next week it's going to turn into two days. And then, you know what, next month I have a, a social event, so I'm going to have to eat and drink there. Um, but then, oh, Hey, my diet's not working. I need to switch things up. No, you're not being consistent. Um, and the same thing goes for training. So like, you know, I'll have people that, and I, and I get it. Like, more powerlifting, I guess I sort of get it. <laughs> like powerlifting, you're doing the same lifts all the time. Olympic lifting, you're doing the same lifts all the time. Mm-hmm. Just the way it is. If you aren't prepared to do those main lifts often, and you know that's the bulk of your training, then what? You're in the wrong sport, right? You're in the wrong. You're you're on the wrong path. So like, I have clients that want to go out and like. The most common one I'll ever get is like, hey, I want to do some running. Like, I was thinking of like running like two miles a couple times a week. Do you run on the platform? Is that like a, is that a goal? I understand cardiovascular, I understand cardiovascular health. We, we get that. Mm -hmm. That is why like we do some, some incline walks. I do some things to get their heart rate jacked up sometimes and things like that. But if you want to be, and that's fine if you're just a hobbyist powerlifter, but understand if you want to do those runs, if you want to do those extra things, if you want to do all this side shit, then you're going to, you're going to sacrifice your top end in powerlifting. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? If you're not trying to be the strongest through those lifts and you again, want to go do whatever outside of that, understand how that affects your recovery, Mm -hmm. understand how that affects your actual training, you know, um, your nutrition, your sleep, your everything. Right. So again, if we're being optimal, like not saying we just old school powerlifting, like we just lift and then go lay on the couch all day. No, obviously not. Right. But we're, we're not doing all these outside things, you know, same with, um, like a bodybuilder. When do you ever see a bodybuilder, um, go off track and just randomly go on like a five mile run you know it's uh you don't you don't right like you see them do their monotonous 45 minute half hour you know however long their cardio is Mm -hmm. of whatever their cardio you know um mechanism is at the time so you just don't see them when do you see them like you know what i want to olympic lift today (laughs) you know like, God, I, love to go do I think guys. the worst thing you might see is sometimes they, uh, they'll they be doing a core lift and they'll go kind of heavy on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, for, you know, it's for them, they might just hit a heavy double or triple or something or heavy set of five or something like that. Yeah. But you you rarely see them go off track. With the bodybuilders or figure competitors that I work with as massage clients, the story that I hear is often that they didn't do something as opposed to did something else yeah. on top of and it's like, listen, like my hamstrings are just like killing me. I'm not going to go do, you know, whatever this exercise is that they want me to do. I just, or this really bothers my back. I cut it out. Yeah. Not, you know, I'm feeling really good. So, uh, let's throw in like an extra couple of sets of whatever exercise. Yeah. 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 More, more is not more. Right. You know, and I think that's, I think that's like, it's misinterpreted because you have people out there, um, you take, I mean, like a David Goggins has said this repeatedly, like your body will adapt, you know, you guys want to take rest days and like, don't take rest days and like always work harder. And like, 
you know, your body will get used to that much output. You have to understand what David Goggins is fucking doing is not powerlifting. It's not bodybuilding. Right. It's not weightlifting. You know what I mean? Like that is a completely different style of training. And you're seeing him yeah. at like chapter 20 of yeah. his training. Yeah. And people are coming into that thinking, well, I should do that same thing at chapter one if I yeah. like transition into that. Like, yeah. no. No. When you read his book and you hear about everything that he did. Yeah. I mean, even prior to getting into Navy SEALs. Yeah, prior to that. Like, in the buildup over time. And I've been in enough areas of fitness to understand that. And I can't imagine doing one of those for 15 or 20 years. What would happen? Do mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, back whenever I was trying to be extremely fit. It was like, you, you know, to the point of like something that used to be my workout was now just like a warm up or mm -hmm. was like a normal like, okay, that's like a light day or that's my first workout of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. That used to be just what I did, right? So you get to these points of building up, especially when it is something that is more calisthenic based, more body weight based. You know, um, so you got to figure like, I'm not, I'm not saying that this, there's an endless amount you can do, but like, you know, you look at a lot of that training, it's a lot of running, it's a lot of body weight, it's a lot of awkward position stuff, it's a lot of swimming, you know what I mean? Um, might be a lot of like cycling and stuff or so you're not putting as much wear and tear on the knees, but like that's completely different of where you can push your body than lifting heavy ass weight. You know, completely different is the the way the body reacts to those stimuluses are completely in in two separate ways. You know, am I am I just saying everything you're writing down? No, it's like you're coming up with these yeah. like good points, and I'm trying to keep up with it. But you're saying more things that inspire other thoughts, and I'm I can't write that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inspiring everyone. So, so for, for hey, for you ten people listening, I'm changing your life. The one that came to mind is when you talked about someone coming to you and saying, hey, I want to start adding in like two miles a couple yeah. times a week. First thing is like change that whole conversation. Why is it that you want to do cardio? Because if they went yeah. to the doctor and they said like, hey, you have some cardiovascular risks that are going on. I think it would be advisable to do blank. Yeah. Have that conversation because yeah. then you as a coach, just like you said, you can come back and say, look, we can do this yeah. or a version of it, but understand that that's going to severely change yeah. what your expectations should be yeah when right. you usually in that case you what happens is usually it's it's not even that it's a guy that like it's someone who used to be an athlete and mm -hmm. they're feeling unathletic now right. and stuff like that guess what it sucks i've been yeah. there many times like shit i used to be able to do i can't do now like that's how it is i would plus i'm old as fuck but like <laughs> You know, it's just it's how it is. Doesn't mean I can't go back and do it, you know, after some training for a while. But, mm -hmm. like, it's just it's part of the game. And, right. like, I don't know what you expect. Like, we're not – we don't move in athletic ways as powerlifters. You know, so. That's the different why where you can then come to them and say, listen, this is what you got yourself into. Yeah. If you don't enjoy it, you should cut and run now. Yeah, because like, it only gets is, worse. Right. You're going forward. Um, so that's the first one is, like, reshaping – that why when you come to the yeah. coach and say can i add these things in because they could also come to you and be like i just i want to get uh some healthier aspect of cardio in there and you're like okay so yeah. let's do some treadmill walking yeah and does that suffice for them to kind of you know, fill that void that they're feeling yeah the other one that came to mind was 
they could come to you and say, I want to start doing like two miles a couple times. And they have no realistic idea of how far they can actually run. Yeah. It's like, I want to do two miles. And they go out and like, that made it a half a mile. Well, now they're kind of stuck on that idea of like, well, I said I'm going to do two miles a couple times. Like, I need to build myself up to this. It's like, when you, one, go from not doing it for a while, you're clearly deconditioned. But mm. if you change your body because you've been training for powerlifting and then you try to add that in, yeah. like, not only are you deconditioned, like, you're reconditioned to something else that is very opposite mm-hmm. of that whole process. Well, not to mention, like, the impact, like, you know, how's your gait? Like, How's your joints? Right. How's your, how's your, like, um, your tendons, ligaments? Like, how, how's all this stuff that you haven't used in that way, you know what I mean, in a very long time? Mm-hmm. So you go out and you're just like an awkward duckling fucking trying to wobble run. You know what I mean? Like right. You can't even figure out a proper, uh, proper movement through there. Like, how's your feet? You know, then no one thinks about this. They just think, well, I'm just going to go out and run. Because running's natural. Because running's we all, natural. We all yeah. run. We all know how to. It's like, yeah. No, we don't. No, you don't. So the joys of biomechanics. Yeah. But I think that's like where people get lost and stuff is like, you know, I, I get it more on, um, when I control programming nutrition, there's always a better outcome. We know that, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm going to prove that yet again with uh, a girl I just took on. Um, I've had her for nutrition a time before, just took her back on for nutrition. Now she wants to do the programming with it and stuff. And I'm getting her, and this one actually excites me because it's actually like a gen pop person. Okay. I've known this person since we were like 16 years old. So like, you know, I I told her I'd help her out Um, because I want to see this change, right? Okay. From she is the typical, um, has done, she, you know, she did kind of just YMCA gen pop training, you know, machines and things. And she's always kind of worked out in a way, right? She's always been a little bit more cardio based. Um, she did some classes, you okay. know, all that stuff. And like, I'm switching her now. Not and, stereotyping just sounds familiar, yeah, but it just, <laughs> you know what I mean? The classic, like I always need to be skinnier. I always like, it does. She doesn't want to be real thin. She wants some muscle tone, but like mm-hmm. she, you know what I mean? Yeah. You get where I'm getting yep. to, but like the typical gen popper, gen pop, you know, woman in their early thirties. Mm-hmm. Like if you can think of that, right. Um, <clears throat> and I'm transitioning her now into, and it's going to be funny cause there's a, um, there's a hormonal issue in there that okay. I, if I, if I, if this training and this style and with the nutrition stuff that we're doing to mm-hmm. help that, if it all switches around, I might just write a fucking medical journal. I <laughs> like, it, it, the th- it, I mean, all this is science based. Like, it, it there is proof yeah. of this working before, so we'll mm-hmm. see if it works. But <clears throat> I'm taking her away from those high intensity, you know, training kind of classes mm-hmm. where they were doing some lifts. It was basically it sounded to me like it was knockoff CrossFit. Okay, you know, maybe not as they didn't do it as crazy of the movements, but they just basically did that. Yeah, to lifting base core lifts in there with a little bit of bodybuilding accessory stuff okay um down to starting minimal um minimal cardio so minimal effective dose on the cardio okay right and then we can adjust and fluctuate nutrition on this Uh, and i'm gonna put it out there i'm gonna bet right now i should tell her to go get a bod pod index i just thought about that does she listen need to need to get her to do that 
No, I've told her about it. I told her she needs to start listening to this. Podcast. I was going to say, we just say like right now, if you are listening, go do <laughs> go, it. Go do it. No, I'm going to, I'm going to need to make sure because I guarantee this was going to happen. This girl's going to gain muscle. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's going to happen over a period of time and the body fat's going to start to drop off, which she doesn't have a lot, but it's, you know, it's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, body fat's going to start to drop off. She's going to start to build this fatigue, uh, this uh, physique. And I guarantee, cause it's going to be the classic thing I've always heard. She's going to come back and she's going to say, why didn't I do this years ago? Because her body's going to change completely. She's going to enjoy the build that she'll have. Mm-hmm. And she's going to notice how much easier it is to stay on track. And if that hormonal issue clears too, I mean, that's like mic drop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But trying to explain that to people who constantly need some switch up or routine, you know, I need to trick my body and I need to like, you know, oh, the old school muscle confusion. Yeah. Always need to cut and like this and that. Like it's so hard to get across to people that these basic things work. You just have mm-hmm. to put in the consistency over time with them. Cause especially like I understand like we work with like some higher level athletes. Mm-hmm. All right. Gen pop people. I'm sorry. You guys are the easy. You guys are easy. The hardest thing to get you guys to do is to adhere. Yeah. Right. But training wise, you're the ones that can see the greatest adaptation in, in the shortest amount of in time. In the shortest almost. amount of time. I promise you can send me any gem pop person. You give me two years of solid nutrition and solid performance in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like you actually work out. And only needs to be four or five days a week. I promise your entire life changes. Your physique changes. You're gonna I'm gonna recognize yourself. Your whole mentality is going to change. Your your entire life will change. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I would say a year, but most people need, you know. Yeah. Because they're going to screw it up for the first three, four months, and then they're going to dial it in a little bit, and then they're going to start to see the change, and the changes compound over yeah. time. So, but again, I've seen this repeatedly and repeatedly over that, you know, over my career, and this is like, these changes happen through simplicity and consistency, not by changing your workout routine every couple months, not by going on and off, quote unquote, dieting, you know, mm-hmm. it's consistent across the board basics. And you know? so take that same thing, apply it to like a work environment where if you have 10 projects and you're constantly bouncing around from one to the other, you never finish anything. You mm-hmm. don't actually make progress. And if you do, they're going to be mediocre at best. Right. And the progress that you make has this lag period. Every time Mm -hmm. you go to something, you have to kind of like build up some momentum on, okay, where was I before? What was I doing? Okay, yeah, there it is. Uh, All right, here's what I want to do next. What do I need to do that? And in the moment that you build momentum, you just jump to something else. Mm -hmm. You repeat that process over and over again. A lot of people can relate to that because we find ourselves having it happen at work all the time. Yeah, Like you're working on something and for one reason or another, something else gets put on your desk and, or winds up in your email box and you're like, all right, now I got to go do this. That same thing applies to how the body adapts yeah. with training and nutrition, where if you're constantly, like you said, bouncing from one thing to the other because, oh, well, this didn't seem to work enough. It's probably because, well, you might not have been doing it correctly either, yeah. but that's why you need a coach. You didn't give it enough time yeah. to get some momentum, to get those things, like you said, they, they compound. And then once they start compounding, you have bigger results that come from it and they start having more noticeable results. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like you said, the progress is fun. Yeah. It isn't, well, I should say 
once you've made progress, it is fun. Yeah. The work you do to make progress, it isn't fancy. No. Well, it's like people forget too how long, you know, how long you worked or didn't work to get to that point that yes. you're at. So, yes. <laughs> you know, so I, like I have a guy now doing his nutrition and, you know, he was like, came to me uh, in the mid 260s, I think, or something. Um, you know, did more uh, bodybuilding type workouts and things and wanted to cut down. So we started that, you know, and he got down, um, you know, low 250s, approaching like high 240s, you know. And then he says he's going to switch and he, he kind of wants to do some powerlifting stuff. So, you know, he starts this powerlifting routine. And of course, I don't, I, I think I kind I've seen the programming. I, I don't necessarily prefer that style, but hey, it's whatever. It's like where he's at, what they're doing. Okay. And I already kind of knew there wasn't going to be a lot of output with it, but it, it's even worse than I thought. And his weight kind of bounces up a little bit. And, you know, we're trying to figure it out. I'm like, okay, here's the thing. Like you're either not weighing food right. Your output is way off. You know, you're not, you're not doing enough or you have a hormonal issue. So now we have to run mm-hmm. that you know, and, and figure that out. What is it? So he's like sending me his food and I'm looking at him like, it's actually pretty good food he's eating. Like it's quality foods, you know, pretty much uh, lacks a little bit on some micro sides, but like it's, it's pretty much the epitome of like what you should eat. I, I told him sub in, you know, this and that a couple things. Um, but then, you know, I'm looking at it more and more and I'm like, I'm really thinking it's, it's, it's going to be the output side. It's the hormonal issue. Right. Okay. Because, the other side of it is that we've lowered this guy's macros down, you know, fairly significantly because he did stall like at, at the about the 250, 251 mark, high 240s. And it's like, okay, so we brought down macros thinking like, you know, he's he, he's simple caloric deficit, right? And the problem is, is in the middle of that, he switches up training. This is what I talked about before. Now we have to reconfigure where do you actually need to be? And I don't want to take him too low. You know what I mean? To where it's just ridiculous. So now he, you know, he's going to need to go through this time where we figure out, he, you know, basically like you're, you just stalled the momentum we had even more to where now we have to figure out like what's best, you know, and I told him to add in this cardio kind of get things a little bit more output. Um, but we won't know the results of like what's going on for uh, probably a couple more weeks, right? Two, three weeks. Okay. So it's like, we have to waste six weeks worth of nutrition trying to figure this out. You know, and that, and that is the way it is. Like you can't, you're not just going to know, in a week or two, mm-hmm. generally. Um, and not that everything's linear. We all know that. You're not just going to keep dropping in weight forever. Like, it doesn't work that right. way. You're going to stick and then move, and, and it's just how it is. Same with building up. It's not going to just keep going up. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you put on muscle at a very, 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 very slow rate. Right? You don't just pack on 10 pounds of muscle in a month. It doesn't work that way. So... <laughs> Contrary to some of the before and afters that we have seen from places around here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, even they've done these studies. Like, I don't know how, like why people are stupid. And I, I mean, we've done them cause we get people bod potted and dexed and stuff. And like, so when I say someone put on this much muscle, I will never come out and say they put on this much muscle without proof. 
from a bod potter dexa mm-hmm. so yes when i have posted before this person put on six seven pounds of muscle or whatever mm-hmm. that is proof through the the dexa or, or bod pod right right now we know there can be a slight error there but it's not going to just air seven pounds of muscle right like it, not on someone of these sizes especially um so yeah but i would anyway i'd never come out and say that but yeah you you, you just don't pack it on like that if you're lucky you're lucky to get five six pounds of muscle in a year taking drugs with a strict diet with you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's very hard right um it kind of depends where you're at like if you're a newbie and you just started like popping drugs the other day you know that's very that's possible and you're a hundred and fucking 70 pound guy and you just started taking fucking trend and test and oh, stuff and like you know, you ran ran drugs for a year. Yeah, you're probably going to be able to put on 10 pounds of muscle mm. in the year. I, I'm guaranteeing that. But, like, um, it doesn't happen, like, especially with more well-developed people. It doesn't just happen quickly. But, um, anyway, back to my client. No, I'm bouncing around a little here. Um, so, yeah, now we have to figure out, like, where this guy's at, what's going to be optimal, and then... Hopefully he doesn't have a thyroid issue or something like that. Right. Um, but on the flip side, what, and I've told him this, like think of how long you ate off track or you ate to get to that body fat percentage that you, you were right. at. And that's a harsh thing to, you know, just to say and swallow like for him, like, but that's the thing. That's my job as a coach. We're not here to like sugarcoat. Like you are the one that came to me to be leaner. Right. Right. You know, you're in a bad spot. So I just, same thing with like another program client. I got done telling today. I said, Hey, said you need to limit your outside distractions. I said, you can get a hold of those things or you're not going to progress flat out or it's going to happen very slowly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm say, saying that cause I give a shit. If I didn't give a shit, I wouldn't say anything. Right. I just let it go. Right. But as coaches, like that's kind of your job to be that honest opinion. You don't go to the doctor and hope they lie to you. Right. <laughs> well, so. you may or may not have something going on with your prostate. You'll probably be fine. Yep. You'll probably, you know, come back in five years yeah. and see me. Keep doing what you're doing and, uh, you know, we'll take care of it then. Yeah. Yeah. What's, oh, stage three cancer. Oh, uh, well, I, I thought I warned you about this. We like, did, we did talk about that, right? We talked about it. I have yeah. it in the notes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Yeah. So that is definitely a mindset shift for clients that some of them do better than others when it is presented. Some of them are in complete denial. Yeah. That when you tell them you are responsible for where you are, you might think of it as, well, I've never been on a particular diet. I've never counted macros. I've never really worked out. That's a choice. Yeah. The lack of action is still an action. And uh, while you were talking, I was trying to find this one uh, post that Dan John had put out where, like, say it in the nicest way possible that someone has is basically to blame for their situation, where yeah. it's like, you have worked really hard to get yourself in the position that you now find yourself wanting to get out of. Yeah. Like, that's the nicest way to put it. Yeah. That if you have eaten the way that you have for 10, 15, 20, whatever many number yeah. of years, that's why you're here. Yeah. And, you know, it's the thing. It's like, 
I have empathy for the people that just have like a sudden medical condition. That fucking sucks. You mm-hmm. know, but like if you've put yourself in that position, you know, be, because you're choosing not to do the work, I can't feel bad for you. You have to do the work to get out of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but if you're, you know, if you're someone in through no fault of your own, like there's a, you know, thyroid issue that pops up, there's, um, some kind of, especially with like females, like they have, you know, a plethora of different hormone issues that can come up mm-hmm. uh, pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Just out of nowhere. Uh, plus they're, you know, they're the ones that have had hormone issues from birth control, from, you know, pregnancy, things like that. So it's like more common, you know, or just you've had some kind of debilitating thing. You've had, you know, cancers, you've had you know, some kind of massive surgery, you mm-hmm. know, in, um, there's plenty of cases where people can bounce back from that stuff, but it is just harder, mm-hmm. right? It just, it just is what it is, you know? So I, I have empathy for those people, but when you just haven't done the work for the last five, six, seven, eight, nine years, and like, you just eat like trash, drink all the time, you know, I, I don't feel bad. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You either work harder or you don't get there. Like that's all there is to it. And I see this a lot with uh, people from other gyms. Like, you know, for the most part, oh, I finally figured out this gym. Yeah, I know that's out of nowhere. Random thing that came to me. Uh, So our gym. This is very random and out of nowhere. Yeah, well, I'm getting to the point (laughs) here. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was saying like in this gym, like for the most part, people are pretty damn serious. Mm -hmm. Like. Yes, we have some drinks once in a while. Yes, we go out to eat um, and we have some shitty food sometimes. And like, yes, we. but by and large, like we show up, we train, we, you know, a lot of us don't live in like the social scene, you know, anymore. Like 10 years ago, I go out, I knew everyone around here, mm-hmm. everyone. I go to the bars, like I had quote unquote, like you had your bar friends and stuff. Yeah. Like I knew literally fucking everybody out on the scene, quote unquote, you know, Um <clears throat> And you saw the same people all the time, all that shit, right? I couldn't imagine being in my my age now or older and still doing that same shit, right? Right. But there are people around here that are still doing it. And then, you know, they go to the gym and they and maybe that's all they want to do. But don't complain that you don't have this, that, you know, this certain look, this certain strength, this certain performance but you still want to go out to eat all the time and socialize and drink with friends and stuff. And that's fine. If you want that balance, understand then the fitness isn't your priority. So you can't complain. We don't have that goal that you've been trying right. to reach. Right. Anyway, back to the gym. I figured out the gym is a lot of introverts. If you look at them as a whole and think about yeah. who thrives and <laughs> who thrives in here yeah. in training, right? And that doesn't mean we don't all socialize and talk and things like that. But I noticed it, you know, it's like we can all sit around bullshit for hours. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But you can see it when people train, they're in here to work some shit out. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And they're in here to be alone in their head, you know, headphones on probably Mm -hmm. and just going to work. Right. right. They don't come here for attention. They don't come here to be overly social, mm-hmm. you know? And if you walk into like a, these other gyms around here, that's what it is. 
you walk in and it's a 10 minute conversation with this person, that person, while you're warming up, it's a conversation while Mm -hmm. you're working out. It's a conversation, you know, and I've, I saw that even in my early twenties when I went into some of these commercial gyms and stuff around here, it's like they go there for the social attention of it. Not because the, they like working out in there and the equipment's great and Mm -hmm. you know, this and that they go there for the social attention. And it just started to dawn on me. Because I watch some of the same people go from a commercial gym to the other little, you know, wannabe gym down the road, and they do the same shit there. Hmm. And it's the same people. And I it, start, of it, it started yeah. to all dawn on me. Like, it's literally like there's this, there's this culture of we work out, but it, I, I don't know how to describe it. You can't act like you're serious about fitness and live the lifestyle that you do. If that makes sense. Yeah. If yeah, you, it does. If you want to think you're that serious, just understand you're on that this level down here. Mm-hmm. The people in here are on a whole other fucking level. So respect it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and there's people, you take people from here, walk them into an Olympic training center, and they're going to be like, oh, fuck, I don't train hard at all. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. I don't take yeah. care of my shit at all. You know, because you walk into like an Olympic training center where it's, uh, and I'm not even going to use pro sports as it because, I mean, a lot of that is just genetic gifted talent. Not saying they don't work hard. Right. But, you know, it, 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 they live a certain lifestyle. They do. But you walk into like an Olympic training center where someone's doing the same thing you're doing and you just see the difference in athletes. Mm-hmm. you know, comparisons. So, um, and you know, we want to praise them and we want to scream for Maddie Rogers and all these people, but you don't understand the life that they live. You don't understand the work that they put in, you know? Yeah. The stories that you hear about that caliber of an athlete, not again, not genetic potential. Like obviously there's a big, there's genetic, yeah, there's, there is, but just the work ethic, the mindset that allows them to do what they do on a daily basis mm-hmm. to get through what they have to put themselves through to do it. Mm-hmm. Like we, we don't compare no to that. No, like what they're willing. And they've talked about it. There's all kinds of stories where they said, you know, I didn't, I mean, hell the one gymnast was like, I didn't eat dessert for like three years. Yeah. Now, does it have to be that as an example? No, but like that well, as at, an example of their we nutritional, all like, we willpower. all like to knock them. But like you look at like some of the CrossFit games athletes, those people, their job is to work out. Yeah, two, and be three times like a day. Fit, and it, and it, you know, it kind of sucks because like we've talked about this a lot. Like me and Lindsay is like, you know, besides in here, there's just not a lot of people to connect to in this area, and it's a fairly large area, and there's a lot of like people want to be, you know, they lift and stuff, but there's just not a lot of people that live that same life, you know. And like, I remember, you know, a lot of our friends screamed like. You guys need to take a break. You need to have fun. You need to enjoy life. What they don't understand is we are enjoying life. This is what we. This fucking, is our version of enjoying it. This is what we love to do. Yeah. Like I'm not going to sacrifice my potential or my goals or my, you know, life for hanging out with you every three or four months. Like mm-hmm. you know, like and I think people people can't leave that. They're f- like scared to leave that. You know, like. I remember being in my 20s when I was going out a lot with my friends. Now, mind you, I was still working out every day, Mm -hmm. five days a week or whatever it was. Um, But I was going out a lot more, right? Mm -hmm. And that everyone does in their 20s. I get it. But, like, 
there was a point that like it switched on me like that I need to quit doing this shit if I want to reach a whole other level, right? Yeah. And I think that's just like you have those those athletes in here and we all know who they are, you know, that are just on a whole other fucking level. And it's because they choose to be there, mm-hmm. right? And there's people in here like that work out just right beside us, you know, that we're still like they're our training partners mm-hmm. that don't take it as serious. They work out, mm-hmm. but they still like to eat their shit. They still like to drink their drinks and they like to have fun. And they're in here just to be healthy and be a, be in it. You know what I mean? Right. And that's completely fine if you want to do that. That is 100% fine. But there's that line of like, you can't complain if you're not on a higher level if you want to live back here. Right. One. Right. Two, you can't knock the other people that are living at that life and that are at that level and claim this or that. You know, yep. they're only there because of this or that. Like, no, they fucking worked their ass off to get there. Right. right? Um, so I don't give it, you know, I, I really don't care how the path you choose, right? But the biggest point is you just can't complain of where you're at if you choose that path. For some of us, I, I mean, I would give fucking anything to be 100% fucking healthy, like no fucking issues with me at all, mm-hmm. and be able to push my body to the absolute limit, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't fucking do that. And that sucks. Like mm-hmm. it's a, in in anyone who's an athlete that stops being an athlete will understand this. And I'm talking like, not that you just played a high school sport. I'm talking like that is your, like you are a fucking athlete right. and you know what that fire is. If you, if you know, when you literally are forced out of something, mm-hmm. it fucking kills you. Oh yeah. Right. I've had it happen like twice now and it's not, it's not a good feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Um, to watch people waste their talent, to watch people not thrive to be better, like, fuck, man. And especially like, okay, let's say I would decide to go any other route at this point in the game, at the age I am, and it doesn't matter how fucking hard I try, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be at the top of any sport. It just won't happen. You know what I mean? Um, maybe I could be good in a master's category or something, mm-hmm. but it's what we... It's what you go through. It's like watching that youth and that ability start to kind of like you. You know, it's just not there. No matter how hard mentally I am, yeah. Like I, I, I mean, I guarantee I could still get in shape and smoke a twenty-two-year-old. Like I fucking guarantee it, Mm -hmm. right? But the high-level twenty-two-year-old is gonna fucking eat my lunch. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna feel like a fucking piece of shit because they just. You know, but that's the way it is. Yeah. And that's the, and that's why like, you know, me, it's like coming to terms with whichever chat, you know, whatever path I end up choosing, whatever I end up deciding to do that my priorities are going to be at this point in the game on business, you know, family life, money, things like that over my own athletic endeavors. Mm -hmm. Like that's going to have to be the switch that happens. You know, I think what, you know, for me, when I get to that point, I'm not like, that's my, how do I put this? Like, that's my excuse for not being better, right? Is whatever it is being okay. that my priorities, one, my priorities are just bigger outside of 
a sport. You know, the risk reward for trying to be at the top of the game there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to risk other priorities I have outside of that, right? At this point in the game. And then my health and medical shit. Like, I'm not going to push right. to get to that point because of those. So, wouldn't it be like I back off because I'm a fucking bitch, I'm a pussy, I fucking quit, you know, mm-hmm. I just can't hack it, because I promise, if I if I could, I'd come beat the fuck out of just, you know, half the people, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying, like, half mm-hmm. people that might end up saying that kind of shit, I'll fucking smoke you, right, but the thing is, is that that will be, like, my, my step back, right, mm-hmm. it, whenever the fuck it happens, and that's my choice, right? But I would never make an excuse like, oh, well, you know, this person's only better than me because like I I just have these problems or whatever. I can't, you know, and I've never. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because I've heard that. Yeah. And we've all heard it. I've never like. We all know someone. Like having Crohn's. Like I literally can't digest shit as well as you. Mm-hmm. Literally can't do it. My body takes more to recover than the average person, right? Mm-hmm. When in the, and I've never sat there and like used that as an excuse of why I'm not better at like whatever I've ever done, you know? Right. I've never sat there and like, oh, well, and you know what's funny is I'll talk to people and they'll use it as an excuse for me. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've, and it, it kind of dawned on me like past couple of years when I've talked to people, and, you know, obviously business has grown, all these things. And you'll talk to these people and these people are at a higher level than I am sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they'll say that stuff like, well, people don't understand, like you have these priorities in the gym. You know, as far as the business, things like that, you have like these other conditions that probably don't allow you to be at that level. And it's like, holy shit, like someone fucking gets it. Yeah. And, I de- and I didn't even have to say anything. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I don't use those as excuses. So if you're perfectly healthy and you're perfectly fine, you have no fucking excuse. I had a drill sergeant who said to us one time, he's like, soldiers, you can give me reasons, but no excuses. Like, then that's what that sounds like. Like, yeah. if you get to a point where you say, like, these are no longer my priorities. Yeah. The mindset is, I'm going to focus on this, and that's my reason. But yeah. there's a level of acceptance that you're talking about that people need to find that says, yeah, I'm going to focus on family, business, financials, et cetera. Yeah. And I'm not going to then say, well, if I didn't have this going on, then I would be better. It's like, no, I'm not going to be better. I don't need to be better. I know that I'm not going to because I'm not mm. going to focus on it because I'm I'm over here. Yeah. There's you know that level of acceptance that comes with it prevents excuses. Yeah. And that just doesn't happen with a lot of people. I don't know if it's like an insecurity thing mm. where they don't want to admit to themselves for the real reason. Yeah. Like mental weakness, like lack of discipline or willpower. Yeah. That they can't do it. So then it's you know hiding behind these other excuses. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is, in some well, cases it isn't, but I think, I think it is like mental weakness and just like never having adversity. Um, I promise the more adversity you've been through, you can compound like that adversity. It, you just, it's again, what we talked about earlier, like leveling up, like once you've mm-hmm. faced adversity, more adversity doesn't really throw you off. You know, it's weird. Um, but like, you know, as people that make an excuse, like, Oh fuck, I hate this one. Like when people say something like, well, I have, I have kids, I have a kid. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I have to work these hours, you know, or I'm just crazy busy, like life and this and that. Well, what, what, what do you do outside of your job? 
kid, yeah, that's everyone's life. Everyone has a job. Yeah, not everyone. You know, most people have a job. Yeah, most people have kids. Most people have. You know, you have no fucking excuse. Like, yes, there is going to be a time, and this is we adjust for people like post baby, like mm-hmm. have a baby. Yes, we need to adjust because I know you're not sleeping. I know your hormones are fucked up. You know, if you're a female, I know mm. your hormones are fucked up. I know your um, your body needs to heal, repair. You know, mm-hmm. we get all that. You know, on the guy's side, just had a baby. I know you're fucking stressed. I know you're not sleeping. You know, yeah. okay, we need to adjust for that. But your kid's five years old. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's all. You, you should have somewhat of a routine yeah. by now. Um, so I hate those excuses, especially like, and I know not everyone's the same, but man, like, I just keep thinking of all these people that are on a, a fairly good level for being considered gen poppers, you know, not non-competitors. I know some fucking people who are extremely fit mm-hmm. They have three, four kids, you mm-hmm. know, have full-time job. Like it's a ma- it's about what you do outside of that. Right. And it's like, I watch so many people go to their nine to five, don't work out, don't, you know, then they complain about their health and it's like, how do other people have time to go to their nine to five, get a fucking solid workout in? They might have another job that they do on the side, you know, multiple kids, um, maybe, a, maybe a business who knows, mm-hmm. you know, um, or they're studying for something else or read all the time or intellectual, like they know what's going on in certain things and they can talk about it. And you, do you know what I mean? Like, yes. how the fuck is that possible? You know, like the other day I posted about my sleep thing. Mm-hmm. All right. And so I guarantee someone out there is like, oh, man, it must be nice to sleep until 8 a.m. Yeah, but motherfucker, I'm still studying shit at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I would get up and I hit the ground running and that's my routine. I get up breakfast starting to get made before I'm even out of bed. I'm checking my bank account, the markets. I'm checking fucking my clients. I'm checking my emails everything right and as i'm doing all this firing up the computer getting it going i'm eating my breakfast at my computer i'm working 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 take a break eat lunch right like even the days where there might be quote unquote nothing to do for a few hours um i'm still doing something i'm looking at something Mm -hmm. studying something right and there are times that like it things slow and it's almost like this boring, stagnant phase, right? Mm-hmm. And then shit hits the fan because here comes che- you know check-ins and all this <laughs> shit. You know, it just it gets crazy like that, right? And and again, maybe it's a maybe it's a problem with me, but I don't stop thinking, right? And I don't stop looking forward, right? Okay. Uh, so three things, if I can keep them in order. One, I was getting excited over here as you're talking about it because it's a really easy way to segue back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It's like, how do people who have three, four kids make it happen? Because they have little simple things that they do on a yeah. consistent basis. Yeah, consistent. Like, you'd, you'd be surprised, I mean, not you, but like anyone listening, would be surprised on how much progress you can make if you just changed when you eat. Yeah. Like, don't even change what you eat necessarily. Just change when as yeah. you're going through. You will see changes over time. Yeah. Then take that and change what some of the macros are in like one meal. Yeah. Simple change. Be consistent with it. You didn't go to the gym. You didn't change your lifestyle very much. You didn't really have to do anything to accommodate the fact that you have family obligations and, you know, business obligations. No. You Mm. just changed what you were doing already. Or like you adjusted the things you were already doing. And you will see, as long as you're consistent, 
improvements from that that go towards yeah. your goal. How do they do it? Because they figured out, okay, I can afford to consistently give 30 minutes on these days. Yeah. Talk to the coach. What can I do in these 30 minutes? All right, let's do A, B, and C. Yeah. Then you figure out now that I've done that and I've kind of accommodated it, I can improve or I can increase it to say like 45 or 60. Yeah. And then let's make those. Mm-hmm. Like it's not jumping in the deep end from the very beginning. It's figuring out those tiny steps and being consistent with them. And lo and behold, you end up with more time on your hands mm-hmm. because you were able to get things more under control. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a client that was talking about um, potty training their kid mm-hmm. and that that's what threw off their food for the day. And I, it's been a while since potty training, but I thought back, I'm like, no, I still ate everything <laughs> I need to eat. Like, you know, like it's talking about how, like, you know, I need to be near the kid, follow the kid around, all that stuff. Take your fucking kid to the kitchen with you. Tell kid to sit, cook your food, warm up your food, whatever. Hold the kid's hand while you're warming up. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, but I, I said, that's where you have to have those preps done that you can just throw something already mixed up into the microwave. It's done. You walk around still, watch your kid, do whatever you got to do while eating your food, right? They're really, it's like, I feel like people just look for excuses. They look for a way out, right? Because it's hard. Yeah. Well, and, I should say hard. It's more difficult than yeah. what they prefer. Yeah. And once there's a challenge, it feels so nice to be like, oh, I'm done with it. Yeah. And just back off. Well, and I understand, like, you know, we're not all perfect. Like, you know, on the eating side, like, um, like me, I'm, I'm in a, a I guess you'd be, consi- I'd be considered like an emotional eater, you know, which we all are in some way mm-hmm. that like, there's times where I'm like, man, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to eat this. I don't care. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And I'm just going to chill. I need like that mental thing. And like, that's, that's part of my problem is like, you know, sometimes my mental breaks involve being lazy and having food I shouldn't eat. Right. Mm-hmm. And I fucking own that. Cause I know if I do that, I'm making up for it somehow, some way, but that's not a every fucking two day thing where, you know, Oh my God, stressful day. So I got to you know, eat a whole pizza. Just so stressed. You know, drink it's a like, couple beers. Drink some beers. Yeah. You know, I walk past my bourbon cart every fucking day, multiple times a day. You know, how many times I look at, it, I'm like, oh man, it'd be nice to have a drink right now. But mm-hmm. I always contemplate it. Literally, every time I go to the cart, like I contemplate, like if I, you know, when I'm actually gonna have a drink, mm. I'll still even contemplate say it. it. Like, <laughs> no, not every time. No, not like. It's not like that, but like if I know I'm going to have a drink, like it might be a Saturday and football's on or something. Yeah. And it might be like, okay, well, I want a drink, but do I really need one? If I skip today and that's the little win, it's like, eh, I don't need one today. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to chill and watch the game and have one, but you know what? Like, I don't, it's fine. You know, boom, just skipped a, a day of having some alcohol, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like. Would I have liked to have the drink? Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't you know, it's fine. I'm good and content without it. Right. And boom, just skipped it, right? Um, to where then it compounds and it's like, wow, I haven't had like a drink in four months. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like I'm someone who, you know, I like to chill and have have drinks and do this and that. But mm-hmm. it's not like a, a thing that I need to do all the time, right? Right. Um take like the you know a perfect example this weekend like we're, we're already having a plan of like uh going to ohio pie 
and uh, then drinking a little bit with friends and stuff. And it's like, I already know that's coming. That is a social event that is going to happen, right? Um, but I know that I'm going to enjoy that and get right back on where I need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't turn into an every week, every couple day thing. It so. is totally normal for someone's routine to get thrown off for like a week or two. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When something changes drastic, it happens like it's, every time it's when you turn that into months that it right. gets bad and you just allow that to become the new yeah. routine or like going back to the old routine. But one of the best things, and I was talking about this uh, with a friend of mine recently is you should have backup plans because it's happened before that you then learn like this is my fallback because yeah. it happens to me every single semester you get uh, like new classes that start up or you have yeah. a new schedule and you have to adjust everything yeah. and for about a week it's like when the fuck do I prep yeah. like when do I get food well, you know like this time of the year is like the worst time for all my clients like it's historic mm-hmm. like everybody because you have you know social events you have the holidays and people think like well you know going to eat bad at that social event i'm going to eat bad at the holidays like i might as well just not track and they won't track the whole fucking month from thanksgiving through the end of the year you you see it all the time or they rarely will they'll fuck it up because they're like well this day like i have this so first of all if you go to a social event you don't have nothing says you have to eat the food (laughs) i don't know where that's written somewhere that like socially obligated to have cookies you you know how many family parties like i've been to before where like and luckily i'm just a fat power lifter so like i could fit some (laughs) stuff pretty easily but there was times when my weight was close and i had to watch it you know Mm -hmm. but i also had to pick and choose like what i ate and i'm fuck i love food i love eating right i Mm -hmm. i love the taste of food i like trying different things you know i like fatty meals you know especially holiday meals yep Love it, right? But it's just something that, like, nothing is written where you have to do that. Even on the holidays, nothing says you have. Now, I try to control my my um, clients' macros to where we get those days, and I say, hey, enjoy it, mm-hmm. right? Decompress, enjoy it, but get right back on track. To me, I feel like that's a lot better for 90% of them to do that than for me to say, you know what? You need to restrict a little bit on that holiday because then if they go over, then it's a whole mental fuck. Yeah. Right? You know, for for most of them, it, it seems to work better. But again, nothing, nothing set in stone that you have to do those things, right? Um, same with like, it's called July, I don't know, middle summer. Okay. There's all kinds of things to do, you know, and everyone's having a cookout and yep. everyone's having a uh, time at the lake and everyone's going on vacation, this and that. Mm-hmm. Where does it say that you need to eat like a complete slob and get hammered drunk for five days straight? Right. You know, if you want to do that, then fine, enjoy it. Like, but understand, I hope, I hope <laughs> right. the other, you know, the other, how many days in the year, 360 days, 359, whatever. Mm-hmm. I hope those other, um, depending on what year, um, <laughs> I hope those other, days you were on point you know for the most part you know and if you think about it like if you throw yourself off you know 30 days of the year well okay if we're being exact yeah Mm -hmm. 36 days um you just fuck 10 percent of the year you know am i doing that math right Mm -hmm. yeah God, I had to think about that one a little too hard, but more caffeine. <laughs> you just fuck ten percent of the year. So think about it. If you do 
Thanksgiving, day after Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's, day after New Year's. Mm-hmm. We're already up to five. Right. I'm just listening that these holidays are recent, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, this event, that event, you know, it starts to add up. All of a sudden you're at 10. Yeah. You know, it's like if you fuck that many days, then you, you know, sit there and wonder why you're not at your goals. Well, 10 to 15% of the year, you're not eating the way you should be eating. And that's assuming that the other times you're being really consistent and really on point. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about life happens. Yeah. It, something comes up and you're like, I had to, you know, take my kid to, let's say the minute clinic or like the hospital or something because they got sick was like, you didn't eat dinner or what you were able to grab. Like it wasn't good. It's like, life happens. Yep. So do yourself a favor, and on those days where you do have control, even if it's very tempting because there's pie and there's cake and there's cookies and all kinds of stuff, work with your nutritional coach Mm -hmm. to figure out how much of a, I guess, balance you can create, but be smart about it. Mm -hmm. And it's a little easier for me because I feel like shit after eating that stuff. Like that is enough of a deterrent for me to not do it. Like I have never enjoyed eating uh, foods like that enough mm-hmm. to feel terrible for how terrible I feel afterward. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm good. See, so, I think the thing is like, if well, one we've mentioned before, if you're constantly eating like that, you don't even know what it feels like to feel good anyway. Right. Um, but some of it will be like, you've gotten away with it. So you think you're always going to be fine, but really you're not fine with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I do. Really? It's still yeah. fucking you up. Um, and I'm guilty of it. Like I, you know, I've had plenty of times, um, especially like lately we've had, you know, I'm not really in, again, I'm not a prep. I'm not in like, you know, deep into anything. Um, I've been experimenting more with foods cause we <laughs> living by the meat market, uh, uh actual butcher oh, uh, nice. market is dangerous. <laughs> so I've been like experimenting with different foods. If you've seen my stories, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had bone marrow the other day, um, had some veal livers, uh, and then they, you know, and then they make their own cheese sticks. So I have to try that. I mean, well, it's they're there. fresh dairy. I'm like, <laughs> and, you know, they like lightly bread them, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's not like, it's not, it doesn't, and their whole thing is like, they don't use a lot of preservatives, a lot of nitrates, not a lot of junk in them. Yeah. So like, you know, even their like food you're supposed to fry, you know, like those cheese sticks, mm-hmm. it's like. Okay, I started like thinking about. I'm like, you know, I I kind of have an idea of what they're making. This uh, light dusting, I would say, of breading around it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the cheese is sourced from a good good place, right? Mm-hmm. From a local place. I'm like, I'm throwing it in the air fryer, so I'm not cooking it in any oils. Oh, so I'm like, you know what? It's a lot better than running through fucking Arby's and getting their cheese sticks or something. Oh yeah. So you know, I grab a bag of those and like I make some here and there. You mm-hmm. know. Um, and they, they, I mean, they do it for everything. They do it with like, they make their own chicken nuggets. They make their own oh, like, wow. uh, macaroni bites and things like they do all kinds of shit. Um, does sound dangerous. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> you know, you gotta kind of, but the point is like, I've, so I've been experimenting with like, I've been buying other cuts of meat that I've maybe never had before. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I told you, I'd never had bone marrow before. Yeah. I'm like, well shit, like I can get a whole bag of bones for 12 bucks. It's like, you know. So I made up, um, I think like four bones so far or whatever. There's like six to a bag, mm-hmm. you know? So in, I look at like the nutrient value of that. I'm like, you know, sure. It's 
quote unquote expensive, but like might as well try it. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's really, it's honestly not that bad. Cause you go somewhere and you have bone marrow at a fancy restaurant. Oh God. Oh, it's, it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I've never wanted to try it. I'm like, I'm not paying like 30 bucks for like a luge of bone marrow that I'm going to suck down in two seconds. Yeah. You know, um, but it actually, uh, one pad actually, I mean, it's kind of, I had it on, um, like a little bit of toast Yeah. or not, uh, crostinis. Mm-hmm. Like no, it almost like a yeah. spread. Yeah, like yeah. I spray a little, and then um, it can come out as like a liquid, and then it kind of like hardens a little bit. It's almost like a butter, like it's kind yeah. of the same thing as butter. So like I put it over uh, some like fresh mashed potatoes oh, with good. beef and then broccoli, mm-hmm. and you can't even really, you can taste it just a little bit. The best marrow is like the top, uh, so they only have the round cuts, so it's like you know a lot of it's covered by the bone. I need to yeah. see if they'll hollow cut them. Uh, where the whole marrow is showing because mm-hmm. that'd be amazing. Dump a little <laughs> bit of salt on it whenever you're cooking it. Holy fuck, that's good. <laughs> the top, like the first bite of the marrow is so good because it's got the salt in it yeah. plus that. Oh, it's fucking great. But um, anyway, you know, so I've been experimenting with different things. So I'm mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I'm, it's not like it's unhealthy stuff quote unquote but it is like there's some fattier cuts in there and things mm-hmm. like um but well, you know is what it is but um you know what i try not to do um is go to like taco bell or go to whatever fast yeah. food all the time and stuff like that but it does happen but you got to understand like when you go there you have to understand like why why am i going what am I going to get? You know, if you can control it, you can control it. Cool. But there is days where it's like things fall behind. Got to go to Chipotle mm-hmm. is what it is, yeah. you know? Um, but just account for it. You got to account for it. You know, you got to understand that like, I'm going to have to put on a little bit more work because this isn't the most optimal thing I'm eating. But again, can't do it too often because if you do it too often, then it fucks the whole thing. Right. right? That's your new so, consistency. If yeah. you're over there. Yeah. I try to make it a habit whenever things like that happen. If I know that I fall off of what the routine should be or mm-hmm. is planned to be. Yeah. Then you ask, like you said, why did this just happen? Yeah. Like, why am I going to Chipotle right now? Well, you didn't have food. Yeah, I get that. Why did I not have food ready? Is yeah. that going to be, be something that happens again in the future? Yeah. Is it going to happen often enough that I need to try to adjust my routine in order to accommodate that? Or is it just kind of a fluke where, yeah, I went to Chipotle this week. Great. Yeah. Oh, well, because if that's the case, you know, Chipotle is the backup plan. Yeah. Great. I mean, if that's not there, maybe I have something else in mind where I can just like run to a grocery store and I know what I'm going to buy to kind of make up for it. But if it's going to be happening often enough that I'm going there, like mm-hmm. I'm not doing something right. Yeah. I'm missing a day where I could be prepping or I'm missing something or I need to adjust so that I have a chance to do it. Yeah. That makes a huge difference. Well, yeah, I think the other big thing people don't pay attention to is like the triggers of why. So for example, oh, that's like, a good point. Um, I know it's nostalgic almost. It's like triggers. Like mm-hmm. I know if I go to a movie theater, I want that fucking popcorn with all the butter on it. You know, right. I want in sp- your brain, they go together. Yeah, I want a Sprite to wash it down and a little bit of candy afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Because when I was a fucking kid, that's how it was, right? That was happiness right there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> movie, got my fucking snacks, you know, 
my mom tells a story. It's funny because it's like you could see these stories in me. <laughs> <laughs> Went to a movie and was when I was real little. Got me the bag of popcorn. I finished all the popcorn before the movie started. Oh, God. And she's like, the movie had just started. And you asked if it was time to leave because all the popcorn was done. I was like, <laughs> my little fat ass. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like me. I'm she's not like, here for the movie. I'm she's like, we popcorn. had to go out and buy you more popcorn <laughs> so you would watch the movie. I'm like, oh my god, my little fat fuck. That was me. Um, that's funny. But you know, you that's a trigger. Like, still, like I would love to do that, but I know, like, me and popcorn don't really go together. So, like, if I do get popcorn, um, I try to go to like the gourmet place to at least make it worth it. So I'll get like mm-hmm. the, the um, caramel corn, or sometimes I'll have like. Uh, the one uh, where they have that num num, I think it's like cookies and cream flavored okay. popcorn. So like, if I'm gonna eat some popcorn, I'm gonna make it worth it. Really and, enjoy it, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's such a like maybe one time a year thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That like, um, so I lim- try to eliminate those triggers of things. Um, you know, one of my other things is like I like to, uh, you know, I do like to chill and watch a movie and have like some kind of snack or football football is a great example mm-hmm. like you grew up on like you had pizza you had wings you had yeah you know whatever during nachos the games. dip nachos yeah. dip so what i did is like to fight those triggers i years ago i came up with like a healthy nacho dip there you go you know the worst thing that i'm eating is the actual chip right mm-hmm. which even those you can go get some that aren't too terrible anymore mm-hmm. um but like what I make it with, if you look at the ingredients, it's like it's Greek yogurt, you know, usually uh, 90 or 93% lean beef. Um, then I'll throw, uh, you know, depends on the macros. Mm. Usually do like a fat-free cheese on it. Might do a little bit of cheat, normal cheese depending on what I have. And then um, depends. Like sometimes it's a guac. Sometimes it's, you know, a salsa base. It's, mm. you know, whatever. You mix that all up and you look at the, like the macros and it's like, I was going to say, how much beef do you end up putting in? I'll usually do a pound. I'll do a pound of beef. Like 93, a, a pound of it. That's like 92 three, grams three, of protein in yeah. total. Or like three quarters. No, I mean, I don't eat, like, it's not just usually me. It right, depends right. who's eating. So like, if it's just me eating, it's probably like a quarter pound of beef, you know? Even um, so, I mean, there's what, 21 grams? It's four ounces. 23? Yeah, I think it's like something like that, like low 20s, high teen. Yeah. Low twenties on plus that the yogurt, beef, yeah, plus the cheese, plus the, yeah. So like Damn. I'm just slamming. I'm basically slamming a protein with fat, you mm-hmm. know, and then the nachos, you know, like the only carb in there, right? You know, so um, it's a healthier version. Now we could get real strict on it and strict yeah. it up even more, but you know that's not the point. The point is to get those little wins to make it just slightly more healthier, right? So, um, but the whole point is come back to like what's triggering it, you know. If you're a stress, me and Lindsay are both kind of stress eaters. You know what I mean? And if we can go down that cycle, man, it'd be dangerous if me and Lindsay just went all out to eat, like <laughs> how much shit we could eat. It's, both of you just have a terrible week. Yeah. Go out to eat on Friday. Because we both like have, you know, pretty good metabolism. Um, you know, we both have like came from that, sh- you know, if anything, it's a stress eating mm-hmm. environment. You know what I mean? Um, to where it'd be dangerous if we like really ate three hundred dollars at the restaurant later. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's bad, and we've done it before. I mean, we've had some fucking days <laughs> of just like 
obscene orders from places that mm-hmm. made no sense at all. <laughs> so, um, so everyone does it, you know. And if I, here's the thing, and like people that tell you they don't, no, oh, I never eat that trash or anything. Shut the fuck up. You have before. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee it. The reason you don't eat it is because you've been able to restrict yourself long enough away from it. So do behind closed doors. Yeah. Yeah. Or you don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. So, but we all do it. But thing is, the less you do it, the better you're going to be. That's simple. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, should we jump on some questions before we sure. get too far down the, the path of no one listening anymore? <laughs> I like to think at this point, this is actually episode 60. People are probably fairly accustomed to us being long-winded, having longer episodes. So if they are still listeners of the podcast in general, I'd like to think that they're still with us. Hello. All right. uh, Question number one. Who are the hardest clients to work with in your experience? Um, I already know my answer on this one. Like the hardest clients. You want me to go while you're thinking? For me, it would be, yeah, you go. Cause I, I doctors. Yeah. Hands down doctors. Yep. yep. And like, Oh, I could see it. Like yep. no offense. I've worked with yep. some who are very good, but, and not even just medical doctors, but, uh, doctors of physical therapy, doctors of chiropractor, medical yep. doctors. Um, I don't know if it's like an ego thing. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah. Every time I work with them though, you can tell that they are letting you know that they know more than you. Mm-hmm. And they are very close-minded to, at least the ones in my experience, close-minded to any help that I'd be able to offer. Yeah. Not all of them, 100%, but enough that, yeah, especially like working with an MD, it becomes very difficult to get them to be open enough to have even a conversation about what they could Mm -hmm. do differently. Yeah. Oh, man. It's hard to generalize. But for me... It would be, it would, it would definitely be, there's a certain type of person and it's generally a gen pop female that's overly social and overly, um, trying to figure out the word overly worried about the exterior look of themselves. If that makes sense. Okay. Spend a lot of money on the hair, the nails, the lashes, the makeup, the, this and that. Okay. Um, because they're generally looking for quick fix and they're generally looking for cover up rather than science. Oh, so they want the quick fix. They want the, you know, I just need to shape my body for this. Um, now this is why I don't work with these people anymore. Generally. Mm -hmm. Um, for those anyone listening, I, I don't work with like my gem pot friend that I took on. I told her that I'm like, I generally don't work with people like you anymore. No offense, but like I will do it cause I really want to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, but those people, it's just so hard because they're generally looking for a quick fix. They don't want to put in the work. They hear, t- you know, too much society chatter yeah. and they don't understand it and they don't want to actually do the, what science says will work. Yeah. So, would you rather have someone train underfed or underslept? It's a bad situation either way, but in your opinion. Underfed. Same. Yeah. Because if you're um if you're if your sleep is there and you're cognitively aware and you can get the muscle um if you can focus and get your muscles to still contract and things like that right and move properly, mm-hmm. um, you're gonna still be less likely to be injured. 
Uh, hopefully you have glycogen storage in there, you know, which you probably do. But if not, your body will start to break down something and use it as energy. Mm-hmm. So you can still get through workouts. Um, I've had some fucking, some great workouts even when I haven't uh, had a ton of food in me. Mm-hmm. So um, there's just so much, so much more that can happen uh, to produce energy. Whereas if you're sleep deprived, there's nothing you can do to like pull, pull more um, more mental clarity and like, do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like besides taking certain drugs or something, but like there, there's nothing you can really do to, to compensate, for compensate that. for that lack of recovery. And there's all kinds of science that shows like if you go into something and you're underfed, you're basically going to run out of energy sooner. It's yeah. like you'll tap out quicker. Right. Yeah. You go in underslept the risk of injury yeah. It just like goes to the roof Yep. because coordination is gone and balance and awareness is gone. Uh, the muscular contraction is going to be depleted or diminished if yeah. and nothing else. And yeah, like in my opinion, I'd rather see you tap out early because you didn't have the meals you needed yeah. than go in there and like pull a hammy because you haven't been sleeping for the well for like the past week or so. Yeah. 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 All right. How do you program mobility? Um, I don't know if that's like how do you program ability or like how do you program ability in general? Well, for for me, I don't like for my clients. I don't program ability for my clients. Okay, a um, couple reasons there. I well, I'll say this: if I see something, I will tell them some correctives to do. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think this will work for you. Um, I think that this will better you or whatever. I'll tell them stuff to look up and things. Okay. Here's, here's one reason why I don't go down the mobility recovery path is, and actually like this was a note, um, to maybe do a podcast on, but we can kind of work it in a little bit here is, you know, I'm a big proponent of like staying kind of in your lane and in your field. And we have way too much, uh, of that running rampant in the fitness industry where people think they can just coach everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're not specialized to do that. If you look at like any kind of like, um, high level athlete, professional athlete, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Usually they have a team of people around them, right? Or at least can be referred to. So uh, if someone gets hurt, tweaks something, whatever, I don't sit there and and try to diagnose it necessarily. I'll ask them what's going on. We'll see like kind of what, I I might have an opinion on it, Yeah. but um, I will refer them to a recovery specialist. Same way as if... um, you know, someone broke a bone. I wouldn't sit there and try to like, okay, let me set this for you. And then we're <laughs> going to kind of repair it. No, I would send them to a fucking doctor. Um, so, you know, if you, you look at this and it's like, you know, all these high level athletes have that where they, okay, something's messed up. They go to, uh, you know, athletic trainer, uh, physical therapist, you know, massage therapist, recovery guru, whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, their head coach isn't trying to, their strength coach even isn't trying to tell them what to do necessarily. Then the strength coach and the recovery um, specialists or rehab specialists, um, they coincide and talk or Mm -hmm. communicate or whatever. And then boom, you have a better athlete, right? Right. But for some reason in fitness, we try to just do it all ourselves. Some of these coaches. And I just don't, I don't understand that. Like, yes, you can give certain advice, um, I think, but like in the end, are you really qualified to be doing as much as what some of these guys try to do, you no. know, and girls try to do? It's like probably not. So no, definitely not. Yeah. How do I program it? I try to look at it. 
what I mean, okay, let's just do the generic disclaimer. It's going to be different for everybody in their situation, what they're mm-hmm. going through the goals. Great. So at one point when you had written the like online program or like the, the basic powerlifting program that you put together and we had talked about like write a mobility program to go along with that, it was actually difficult because it's hard to say general mobility yeah, or general flexibility work. Because there are things that would be healthy, like I would encourage someone to foam roll on a regular basis, certain areas, if they're going to be squatting, benching, deadlifting. Yeah. But I don't know what their actual restrictions are. Exactly. I don't know how I'm going to... Everyone's anatomy is different. Right. Like yeah. if I told you, like, I want you to really focus on making sure that you stretch your lats and you're like, my lats are fine. It's my hips that are my problem. Yeah. But I just threw it out there. Like, this is healthy to do. You could be wasting your time. Yeah. It depends what they do. Like... You know, I know my my shoulders, how, how often pecs, mm-hmm. we've worked on them a lot, and, like, how often am I internally rotated because all that, that's what I do all day. I'm right. on my phone. I'm on my computer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I constantly have to, like, stretch all that out, right? And I have to do mobility with it. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure I'm sitting up straight and, like, pinning, you know, I call it pinning my shoulders back, but, like, I yeah. have to bring myself into good posture, um, and I have to really focus on it, right? Whereas someone who might not live in that realm all day. Their shoulders and stuff might be fine. Right. But their hips might be fucked up. Right. You know, like you should do a doorway stretch and like, I don't feel anything. Well, the other thing I'm learning with it is also that, you know, I've talked before there, there are different reasons for why something might not be mobile or flexible. Mm -hmm. If you have a weakness on the opposite side, on the antagonistic side. Yeah. it's, you you don't need to stretch. You need to lift yeah, on the opposite direction. It's not always coming from from the the point of pain or the point of problem. Right, isn't always coming from there. Yeah. So and the last one is I found out that some people and like this is something that you and I have actually worked with. Like they don't respond to stretching. No. Because uh-huh. what I've learned is that and not to go too far into it, but I think it's interesting. The actual muscle length isn't the aspect that has to change in that case. It's the fascial aspect that is bound up and you have this Mm -hmm. like fibrous buildup stretching doesn't necessarily always release that or if you have one area that has it the example they gave was like if you take a rubber band and you put a knot in the band and you pull it you're going to stretch everything before and after the knot not that so what needs to happen in order to help with mobility it might be soft tissue work but a lot of times it's actually like active movement it's stretching or um it's exercise yeah it's like so you think about doing um, like a dumbbell fly, yeah. but go really light and go real big yeah. and you feel this huge stretch, but it's not enough load to be dangerous, mm-hmm. but you'll actually get a much better effect from that yeah. with some people than doing any kind of doorway well, or pec stretch. There's like, um, so one kid I was training now, it's like, you know, he sits obviously at school all day mm-hmm. and he's starting to have like classic, you know, to me, seems like a little bit sciatic issue and stuff in the one yeah. hip. And it's funny because if we do certain um, certain ranges of motion through exercise, mm-hmm. through the sets, it will actually start to get better, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But that hasn't been the cure. The cure is what I've been telling him for two fucking weeks now is to come see you. I said, I, I'm willing to bet, you know, don't quote me on this, but you've been doing your stretching. We've tried, you know, exercises that can mm-hmm. kind of move things. I said, you probably need trigger point work. It's like, I'm not an expert on it. I said, but I guarantee Dan's going to do trigger point work. I said, it might, it'll alleviate it. It might not be totally gone. You might need to come back, you know, and see him again. 
I said, but a couple, within a couple sessions, I promise you, you're going to like, things are going to turn around mm-hmm. for sure. I said, but if you let that linger and you know, you're constantly sitting in the seat all the time, it's going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. Your lifting is going to get worse and the compensation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. All right. One more. Yeah, I'll do one more. Okay. Um, how useful is heart rate variability tracking? Did you have, have you done anything with like heart rate or HRV with your clients? I have not. I, here's the thing. If I'm, I think I'd have to work with a certain type of person. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it, it's another one of those things that like one, I, I think, I think it works better for certain goals than others. Yeah. But then you have to have a person that's like going to diligently yeah, speaking track of consistency. And like be consistent. I can't have someone that's like, you know, I sleep three hours one night, 10 hours the next, three, yeah. three, three, you know, four, five, you know, all over the place. Like you need some, like, I need, if I'm going to track that, if I'm going to go on to another variable, I need someone that like everything is on point. Like yeah. your, your nutrition's good, solid. You know, you're eating basically this same stuff every day. You're sleeping consistently. Your stress mm-hmm. is low. You know, there's no crazy life event, you know. Yeah, it's like that in my opinion. So no, I think you're right. Uh, that's a good point with it, because the handful of people that I've worked with that look at HRV, they are fairly consistent. Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes back to we work with a certain population mm-hmm. who are very similar. Yeah. So it isn't surprising that you have someone within this population who is doing that, who is consistent. And as soon as you start, like you said, you throw in any kind of variable with that, it makes it really difficult to go through. Mm-hmm. I. I'm always confused on people will take information and misapply it because they don't understand it and then say it doesn't work. I was like, well, no shit, it didn't work. It's like this screwdriver doesn't put the nail into the wall very well. It clearly doesn't work. It's like yeah. you're using the wrong fucking tool. Yeah. Um, and I see it happen all the time. Yeah. It's, it blows my mind. HRV is this really good way of measuring like where someone is neurologically based on the parasympathetic. I'm just thinking of all the times someone said, yeah, that didn't work for me. Well, how long did you try it? Oh, like a couple days. <laughs> there you uh, go. Two times. Oh, okay. <laughs> you answered it yourself. <laughs> like the, per- <laughs> the person that one time said, oh my God, I'm still dying. When, when someone said that macros didn't work for them. <laughs> Fucking die. Macros don't work for me. Oh, so eating doesn't work for you, huh? Like, I'm one of those anti-calorie people. <laughs> Just one of those people. I need to not eat. <laughs> what? Oh, man. But it's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people look yeah. at it and they apply it to like, well, if I have a high HRV score, then I'm going to perform really well today. Like, no. Yeah. Potentially, if yeah. that's how it what's well, like can the be people measured. we talked about this before that you see us a lot where people are throwing in like velocity trainers and it's like you know you're you're worrying about how fast you're moving the bar yet you're I mean you're not even programming shit right like, right you know what I mean and then you're not even uh, doing all the things outside of that that you need to do and like you're trying to track all these metrics um, yet you you're not getting stronger. So maybe cut all the metrics and just fucking put in more work mm-hmm. and start eating right, sleeping right and be consistent. And the measurement might mm-hmm. not apply. To, like if you have somebody doing velocity training for powerlifting, mm-hmm. in your opinion, like does that have any basis? Here, well, here's the thing is 
you know, according to certain science, like it's it's supposed to have an effect that like, okay, if if I slow to this point, that means I'm done. Like should right. not do okay. any more sets, you've kind of reached it, right? Um like a certain type of fatigue. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so your sets are done for the day or whatever it just means that like you can't go up and wait or you know. But um the thing with like the way people try to use it is like you have to understand that not everyone lifts that way if that makes sense so mm-hmm. like prime example is someone like Kara all right Kara's a slow lifter all right okay so if i see if i was using that velocity trainer and i saw something move at like x speed you know that might tell me like oh man okay then that needs to slow like she needs to just be done no, Kara probably still has another 40 pounds in her and it's going to be just fine, you know what I mean, on the recovery side. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're doing that stuff, <clears throat> again, it's another variable that if the other if they don't have the other variables in play, how do you truly know? Right. Like, okay, if we're supposed to cut it here because you didn't hit this certain velocity and your recovery might be affected, well, how do we know that person doesn't, you know... um sleep perfect eat perfect you know all that stuff right and then you use that with another person and they don't do all those things it's like so up and down right right and i've seen it also used and there's 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 a certain extent to it like i I, when i'm reviewing videos one of the things i do watch is speed Mm -hmm. but i watch it per the lifter right some of my lifters like context yeah are just gonna be slower lifters right Mm -hmm. like and again care is a great example of this like we've i've gotten her to learn how to use light weight move lightweight fast Mm -hmm. but there's a threshold where things start to dramatically slow but she's not even close to her top end right right and you have to account for that with each lifter which at some point we need to talk about her her prep yeah i've seen it used acutely where it's like you're gonna take your hrv before you work out and then you do it afterward Mm -hmm. i think that has a fairly good application to basically anything because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like if your scale's off by five pounds but you weigh yourself like before and after something, you know how much you gained or lost. You just yeah. don't know that the numbers were accurate, but the difference between them is. Yeah, yeah. And so you can get an idea of how did that workout affect you and affect yeah. your HRV and then account for that. And outside of that, the sports that it ends up getting applied to best are often things that are more endurance-based. But I just, yeah, again, it, it blows my mind. Like you can't measure something if you don't understand the application of the measurement. Yeah. And what it ends up meaning. And there's better science and better research coming out that shows that. But I think that marketing got so far ahead of science mm-hmm. with HRV. And they're like the whoop band. And they're like, we can tell you what your score is. And it's going to let you know if you need to take a rest day or not. You know how many times people have come in with like a HRV score that is dramatically lower and like nailed a PR? Yeah. Because it can also, a low score can be an indication that you are crazy high sympathetic mm-hmm. meaning like you're in fight or flight and your body's ready to move shit ready to fuck it up yeah that's yeah. i mean we've <laughs> talked about before where i've came in dead tired i'm like oh man i gotta hit this heavy weight today and it's fucking it just flies yeah. you know because you get out of your head and you are like fight or flight and you're mm-hmm. just like in it right so and there are cases where that can be good and that can be detrimental but yeah. until you understand all of those mm-hmm. I think people just need to start being more in tune with their body. You know, that's a big ask. That's, I mean, I just, maybe I'm just a fucking special breed. I don't feel like I am, but like, I feel like I've always been in tune with that. Look at like just this shit with my sleep Mm -hmm. and my genetic shit. And I said like, 
I had never fucking looked that up, you know, and I happened to get on the other day um, on there because I got an email about like how they've updated some things. So I clicked on it and went in. I'm like, holy shit, they have all this information now on my genetic research. Yeah. And come to find out like, you know, my sleep was almost exactly yeah. um, what I've always said and that I'm, you know, genetically a night person. And it's like, imagine that. <laughs> how know? much of that so is you being in tune, but also how much of it do you think is willing to listen to what you realize? Yeah. That will to listen to what my body's yeah. kind of say the feedback. Yeah. Cause you got those people that are like, whether they're aware of the fact that they feel awful, if they wake up at seven or not, they're like, no, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. It's like, you know, you could adjust to what you realize your body's trying to tell you and you probably feel a lot better. Yeah. You know, outside of life demands and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, so, some people, that's why I think, um, these people that do get up and work out at like 5 a.m. and they love it. Mm -hmm. I, I would bet, I would bet no less than 80% of them are genetically wired oh, yeah. to be that way. I mean, some have just gotten used to it. You know, I, I mean, and that's the thing. When I was in the military, 5, 5, 15, 5, 30, mm. 5, whatever, a.m. wake-ups, depending, because sometimes you have to be there at 6 a.m., sometimes 6.30 a.m., yeah. but we never, if we showed up to work at 7 a.m., that was, like, unheard of. Mm -hmm. You know, in the military, you're usually at work between 6 and 6.30 a.m., right? So, like, um, I remember when I went to my last command, which is a limited-duty command, so, like, people are a little bit fucked up, um, usually coming off of surgeries and things that they didn't, um, they started work at seven. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, yeah, get to sleep. It's a easy life. <laughs> you know, I was like excited for it. Um, <clears throat> but you know, like it was never, it was never optimal for, for me for, you know, right. genetically and stuff. Now I was lucky too, because I was also in California. So I imagine like, that setup kind of worked in my favor a little bit for mm -hmm. a while um, until I got did get used to it. You know, you get used to the time changes right. and things like that. Um, but, you know, it, it's like, I, you know, and I've gotten up at 5, 6 a.m. and I felt ready to go work out, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I've known if I do that, how will it fuck my day later? Right. You know, if I get in this routine, is it going to be optimal for me? You know, and it's really not, you know, it's not at all. So, um, not for the lifestyle I live and, you know, whatever. Now, if it came down to it, you know, kids, other priorities, mm -hmm. you know, let's say I had, um, I don't know, let's just say I had a, another business that I, you know, I did more at night or something like that. And I had to do this, you know, gym during the day or mm -hmm. whatever. It, it, okay. So maybe, maybe I'm forced now. Work out at five thirty a.m., six a.m., you know, be done, and and that be that. Um, you can make it work. Yeah, just understanding well, it's not going to be at, optimal. You know, if you look at like um, read read some of these people, these real like uh, rich, successful, whatever you want to call it, people. Um, they all have different things. Some of them do get up at eight a.m., seven a.m. Mm -hmm. Some of them get up at five a.m., four a.m. You know what I mean? And they all have different routines. The single greatest thing you can do to your life is have a morning routine. Oh, yeah. God, yes. And that's different for everybody. For some people, it is to work out. For some people, it's to read. For some people, it's to kind of meditate. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's to just get ready at their own pace 
cook their breakfast, have a good meal, you know, and then get their day started. Mm-hmm. You know, some people don't like to be confronted with um, busy tasks, important tasks first thing in the morning. Some, they want to take care of the most important tasks first. You know, it just depends. You know, it's how for me, like the way I am, I don't like my important tasks in the afternoon. I like my important tasks about mid morning. So, um, if I'm trying to do my most important tasks, I try like 10 a.m. 10 a.m. to noon is like my sweet yep. spot of like important tasks. After that, um, I don't like important tasks in the afternoon, generally. See, um, and I know I've talked about it a bunch of times, and hate to beat a dead horse, but like the one book that I constantly <laughs> talk about, like figuring out your chronotype, like all that yeah. stuff is in there for people to look at, where. You know, it talks about brainwave length and certain hormones or neurotransmitter productions going on and how to take advantage of and optimize it. But I mean, that's why I took a guess at 10 a.m. Yeah. It's because based on what you shared about your sleep schedule, you know, it puts you into a certain category where the optimal point for doing work such as emailing Mm -hmm. uh, correspondence and whatnot happens from like 10 to 12. Yeah. You know, with a little bit of flexibility on either end, depending on the person. But generally, that's the time frame yeah. because it has to do with, you know, where you are with cortisol production and how yeah. that affects states uh, with brain wave, brave, yeah. brain wave length, et cetera, and how, you know, what you will find yourself naturally leaning towards as far as work. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense. Like, But if you have somebody who doesn't know those things, whether they educated themselves on it or like you were saying, being self-aware enough to realize what you like and then building a routine that's conducive around that, that awareness yeah. yep. then you're constantly frustrated because yeah. you don't know what to do and when to do it you know and this is uh one of my other things that i've noticed this is sometimes where my sleep can kind of get fucked up if i were a writer some mm. of some of what i feel like has been my best posts blogs to myself i guess because <laughs> i've written out shit um can i take a guess before you say it and like write it down yeah all right yeah. keep talking so like my best, you know, work as far as like clarity of thought and just like ideas can flow. Like if I was a writer, if I was someone who did like books and things or uh, whatever, and I'm not talking like deep research, but just like I can get thoughts to flow, right? There is a time frame. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I say it now? You got it down? Oh, we're going to do a time frame too. I just put it. Oh. Time oh. of the day. Uh, oh. So would you go... Well, I mean, I could say time of the day because I know. Go ahead. Okay. So typically, like, what I've noticed and um, what, what can keep me up is about 10, 10 p.m. Um, I'd say like 10 p.m. to midnight, 1 a.m. You know, depending, it depends on my clarity and things. But, like, I've noticed that, like, I'll get in my phone and I'll type out, like, Literally, this is why I wish I was like a blogger sometimes mm-hmm. or something. Because I will like literally type out some of my best thoughts at like 10 p.m., mm-hmm. 11 p.m. I put 10.30. Yeah, that's probably about right. Evenings before bed, 10. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. Like I, um, <clears throat> and it's straight, like, how do I say this without sounding too like cliche? But it's like, it's from deep. You know what I mean? It's not like. Not forced. It's not forced. Yeah. It just like 
comes out of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I have the best clarity of thought. And like, that's what I'll think of a lot of posts I want to make. And then sometimes the next morning I wake up and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to say that. I don't want to post that. And like I get all like eh, about it. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, it's where my true emotion comes from mm-hmm. is during that time. Right. Right. So again, it's kind of funny because if you go back in time when I was younger, I used to be able to sit up and have like very, very long, drawn out, sometimes deep conversations with people mm-hmm. at night. Yep. Right. So when I, when I was younger, um, besides the aspect of like, you know, let's put let's put the dating and trying to like get with girls aside. Okay. But like one of my favorite things to do, you know, was like literally build a fire, sit around it, and have a like legit conversation mm-hmm. or like sit up with someone and have a legit conversation, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that was like always my best time of thinking. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Like how this shit, and this is what we repeatedly talk about is being fucking in tune. Right. Right. Um, man, like I would never do this now cause I was, you know, I was a dumbass when I was younger, but like back when people actually talked on the phone, you know, even when I was younger, <laughs> there's a concept. I used to be able to talk to like whatever my little girlfriends and shit or I dated the same girl for like years Mm -hmm. way back in the day like when I was in my teenage years Um, but we used to be able to sit up and talk from like you know whatever like 9 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. talk to like 2 in the morning Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it's like try to do that middle of the day i'd probably be like all right this is a fuck this is enough like i'm good you know i'm good 20 minutes you know, said what we needed to yeah, let's go got, all right we're done hey i gotta go <laughs> you know what i mean and i feel bad because like even to this day like sometimes i um Lindsay, I, I need to see her genetic shit i can already guess where it's at okay right but it's kind of the opposite in a way um she's very like getting into bed like takes her you know her, her night routine stuff, you know, and all that to, to get ready to go to sleep. And sometimes I can be there just like talking her ear off because I have like all these fucking ideas and the shit and like having just go through my head and like, and it's like for her, it's probably the time of like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I just need to relax. Yeah. I need to decompress. Yeah. yeah let me chill. Like, you know, but it's, um, it's again, being, being in tune and aware. And that's why like when I was creating a business, um, so I don't know if I've mentioned this before. My my uh, whole business idea was, uh, for the most part, was done at night, uh, late out, late hours of the night, early early into the mornings, um, <clears throat> is when I did a lot of my my note gathering, my thoughts and stuff. That would then, even if I didn't put them down that night, mm-hmm. get up the next morning on my computer, type out my business plan, type out all my shit, you know, think like, um. Fuck. Two nights ago, I was up looking up real estate, mm-hmm. uh, commercial real estate, to try to find a place to either A, move this gym, or B, open another gym, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that at 10, 11 o'clock at night because that's when the ideas are flowing. Right. Now I'll wake up the next morning and think about it more critically, like, ah, do I really want to do that? Okay. like, And that's like kind the back, of the, the back and forth yeah, of like- yeah. Logic versus creativity kind of thing. Yeah. Very, very creative. And then it's like, then it's like, oh, is that going to be worth it? I don't know. Be a little bit more rational about what I came up with. And And this is why, um, if you've ever heard of people, people say this too, it's like, 
people get very like ambitious and very like, oh, I'm going to do this tomorrow. And like, you know, I'm on yep. point. Go to bed, wake up, and they're fucking lazy again, right? Mm-hmm. You got to listen to what it's telling you the night before, right? Now, logic will set in in the morning, but also that fear and doubt will set in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you got to figure out. Is it logical or is it not? And that's what you got to kind of think of. But a lot of these ideas that spark at, well, for me at least, it's going to change for everyone. Right. But these ideas for me that spark late at night are sometimes the path I need to fucking go, you know? And I just need to figure out, is that truly the path or is that not, you know? Is there some essence of what you came up with that you can still keep rationally? Maybe not to the extent that the you know, creative side was having fun with the night before. Yeah. But is there an aspect of it that is kind of at the root of what you really need to do or want to do mm-hmm. that you can make happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even like I, I'm sure everyone, you know, whoever saw, saw like my story, I put down of how much, you know, incompetent people in fitness, real estate and everything else have cost me over the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Um, so I know that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. That number, yeah. Well, even, even, and that's the light side of it. That was straight cash. That God wasn't damn. the, um, if I take again, 40, 50% of that, uh, cause the markets have doubled mm-hmm. and just throw that in the market. And even if I gained 40%, mm-hmm. you know, that puts me over 200, um, about 300 a, a ballpark Lord. quarter mil to 300 K I should yeah. have more to my name right now than I do now. That's not accounting for also if we, if we were profiting well over there and yeah. stuff and you know, things now, mind you, there's some debts that come with that and you know, this and that, but, um, I wouldn't just, you know, fucking, but I should be well on my way to other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's life and you know, I'm young and stuff. And, but anyway, that's had me like stressed out seeing that number, yeah. figuring it out and being like, fuck. Right. And there's still like pandemic debt that needs paid off. There's still, you know, debt from those real estate, uh, from that real estate, which again, you know, guys probably gonna get sued. We might see something we might not, you know, mm-hmm. um, so there has to become a plan to get to wipe away those debts, right? And like at night, had mental clarity. Here's what I need to do every single month. I'm, I'm very good with numbers like that. Like I can figure out like, and this is why I'm a risk taker with money and things. It's because I can put myself in semi-uncomfortable situations and figure it the fuck out, you know? Mm-hmm. And part of that's from being broke as fuck before and figuring it out. But, um, you know, but like my flow, like it's like within a matter of like three minutes, four minutes i knew exactly what i needed to do mm-hmm. not what i want to do need. what i need to do like no i don't like you don't need to put that there like because you got to figure like it's not so straightforward as paying off that debt because you know if you pay on debts you could be losing gains in other places right right and through investment opportunity and things like that so you have to like flow this money in and out that's why when people say like oh if i had a million dollars if you had a million dollars you'd probably be fucking broke because you would not know what to do with it and you'd spend it in the wrong areas and fuck yourself, right? Um, Just because you have it doesn't mean you yeah, instantly know the, what to do with it. The more money you have and the more shit you buy and the more that's flowing around, that's only increases the math that you have to figure out right. anyway. So it's like, um, this is why they talk about like real estate people being very uncomfortable with debt because you might have 20 properties to your name and sure, you know, you're raking it in and you're making $500 profit per property and all that stuff. Um, but those five prop or those 20 properties, um, you know, they might have a, a well over a million dollars of debt and they, they probably do mm-hmm. have well over a million dollars of debt to your name. 
You know what I mean? That needs paid off. That if for some reason things go bust and you're not making that $500 profit per place, you know, that's a scary situation to be in. Mm -hmm. And you got to figure it the fuck out, right? So um, that's why, you know, same in business. Like when you take on new business and you go 50, 70K, 100K, 200K in debt right away and you have to get yourself out of it, you know what I mean? Through a good business plan and things. Um, But, you know, there's... um, Kind of lost my train of thought there. It's like rambling. But um, there's like... There's... there's steps that need to be taken to, to eliminate that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, like that's where like my brain kind of comes in, you know, at night and I can boom, 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 figure it out. You ask me that shit during the day, I'm going to stress the fuck out about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, and it's crazy. Like it's the same brain yeah. and yet it's not working in the same way whatsoever. Yeah. 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 But with the man, with that number, I wanted to put in there like, so if you see me like, a little irritated, mildly stressed, mildly stressed. Now you know why. <laughs> now you know why. And it's just funny, that, like because of the situations that happened. You look at them, and it's like, you know, with the the real estate side, guy didn't disclose. Guy knows he didn't disclose. He's mm-hmm. had a letter already. You know, he thinks he's gonna get away with it. He's gonna get his ass fucking sued. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> now, change outcome could could sell the the land at a profit you know and i'm disclosing everything mm-hmm. say a profit from it okay cool hey got some money back you know or and i and more got profit yeah um you know don't have my dream plot but whatever get my money back in more <laughs> and guy gets away with it little asshole that he is um <laughs> but you know then you look at like you know the gym it's like hindsight now I'm like man could I have pulled it off to do it all on my own because that's what it would have been yeah I mean in a nutshell like I would have had to coach every class pretty much Mm -hmm. I would have had to coach every sports specific thing I would have had to take care of this gym my clients you know not to say we we might have found more people we might not have right yeah could have never grown could have went bust it's all hindsight right right but I started asking myself could I have done it but if you look at like, that's a dangerous question. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> but if you look at what happened, it's like because of one person in one government, you know, a complete collapse of a scalable opportunity that is unfathomable. We don't even know what that could have became. Right. Mm-hmm. To, be at a point where it's like you're almost you're pretty much out of break even almost already, you know, within a month. Yeah. You know. Could we have sustained that? Who knows? You know, things like that. But it's like that was so scalable for everyone mm-hmm. that it's like holy fuck. <laughs> you yeah. know, and that no, and, I get I, it. and, and I get we it. all go into business and we take that risk and you know, that's a thing. But like you know, my dream and I'm going to post this at some point. My whole thing when I came into this, I know we're rambling now. I don't give a fuck. Let's make this a four-hour episode. <laughs> um, when I came into this, you know, I opened a gym and I wanted at first to 
I knew I, I had some skill. You know, I knew I could get people better. Mm-hmm. I wanted to create a gym where the best athletes went, strongest, fittest, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at least on the strength side, I've created that, right? I wanted to set out then. My goal was to be the best coach in the area. I would fucking, I would say, I've, I mean, I would say that I've accomplished that as, as far as a strength coach. Mm-hmm. I would say that's been accomplished. Um, you know, I set out then to be more of a presence nationally, right? And I would say I'm probably 30, 40% done with that goal. You know, okay. I don't think that, I think that goal is endless because there's so much scalability there. Right. Um, now, mind you, I don't market for that. I don't push. I don't, you know what I mean? Right. Probably don't do some of the things I could do, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I've never like stopped that progression of growing. Never, never cared to. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those are the goals I set out to do. And it's like, Set out then, you know, the big thing was after those were kind of in place, boom, now we go big. Now we have everything. Now we, and it's like, it fucking kills me to sit there and think of like how many action steps I took for years and what the fuck are the odds of opening a gym three weeks before a pandemic, you know? Oh yeah. Quote unquote pandemic. And all these things going haywire from that, right? Like a complete shutdown. Complete fucking shutdown, right? To then you watch people who didn't really have to go through that point, you know? Mm -hmm. It was like the perfect essence of like wrong place, wrong time, get fucked, right? Yeah. And you watch like places that might have got a ton of PPP money or didn't have to go through that as much. Or and we're able to grow into like whatever and mm-hmm. shit, you know. And it's like you look at it and it's like, man, the scalability of that gym was like. I mean, since then, two two CrossFit gyms have shut down since we were opening that. Two of them, right? right? I remember, yeah. So we, I mean, we were had a CrossFit affiliate in there. We probably would have made something from there. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more, the sports performance gyms are getting worse and worse reputations for the things that they do, right? Which that's a whole other conversation, but I I don't understand. Yeah, like I worked at one. Yeah, it's not complex. Yeah, but you know we were the new ones on the block. We might have had a, more of a shot at that. It's mm-hmm. like how do people? And this is why, like again, why I said to elevate myself. Uh, like I'm I'm at that point now where I'm like I'm done fucking with people that don't have skin in the game, money to it. You're not on that same work ethic level. Don't come around me. Like, yeah, if you're not, I want people on that level or higher than me. Right. And this is why I feel like I get along. <laughs> I get along better with like 50 plus year old business people half the time. Cause they fucking get it and they've yeah. worked to, for what they have. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I think that like, you know, the 2022 thing that the whole thing that I said is just gonna, it's gonna create a lot more opportunity somehow. I just don't know how yet. Right. But it's going to get figured the fuck out. I know that much. So. Yeah, I think you're, the whole aspect of having skin in the game is it'll obviously vary on what that means depending on the situation, depending on the business and the person, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I had a 79-year-old client come in this week mm-hmm. who told me that he ran 
a shoe store, Runner Supply. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. For like 25 years. He then, at the same time, decided, I'm going to go do this other business of doing uh, screen printing mm-hmm. for T-shirts. And then he's like, I'm going to start another one where he was uh, the timing system or the, the timers for races, mm-hmm. right? And he talked about like how much goes into each one of them and how the normal person just like wouldn't accept that that's what you have to do. But to him, it seemed completely normal. And I was like, totally get that. Yeah. Where he's like, you're going in on weekends when you're not really supposed to be yeah. working in order to clean because other people haven't. And it all it came back to that idea that no one is going to care about your business as much as you. Oh, ever. Like, yeah, ever. Because it's not theirs. Nope. But in order to have any kind of buy-in, yeah. in order for them to care at all, there has to be something at stake for them besides yeah. a paycheck. And mm-hmm. it's figuring out what that is. Like you said, having some kind yeah. of skin in the game. That's what, yeah, and that's that's what like the old older business uh, mentors like have told me. It's not always compensation. It's something. You yeah. Know? But... Um, <clears throat> I remember yeah, working that, up in Twinsburg. It was like, yeah. you know, he would say, I'll give you guys um, like a percentage of kickback yeah. based on how many clients come in. And I thought to myself, like, I don't care about your 10%. Yeah. I care about what they're saying when they walk out of here. Did I, did we do a good job? Yeah. Did I help this place grow? Well, and if that gotta, means I get 10%, it, great. It's got to be like a team oriented thing. And um, it's kind of like, I'll take a step further. Like, no one cares about your business. No one gives a fuck about you either. As a person, because like, on them. You think anyone cares that I lost that amount of money? No one gives a fuck. They're still gonna fight me on. I'm hurt on a price. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're still gonna fight me on um, my membership. Uh, I should get a discount. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No one gives a fuck. Um, no one's gonna come. You know, fucking walk walk up to me one day and be like, "Here you go. Here's like everything that you lost. Have a good life." You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm gonna have to work for it. I'm gonna have to get it back. You know. Um. So it's how it is, but um, yeah, I just never understood this thing. If you look at like every successful business, if you look at every successful person behind them or along the way, they had groups of people that they connected with that made everything come up, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like you know, in the fitness industry, especially, but just I mean, this fucking area, it's like everyone's so out for themselves and like. No one like no one's collaborating. No one's no one's seen that they can have a leg up in the game if they would just collaborate or if they would just like stop with their fucking bullshit. Like, you know, every place thinks they're the best and everyone thinks they're the best and everyone thinks they're higher than what they are and this and that and like even the collaboration that they do is self centered. Well, I'm you know, I'll do this if you do this for me. Yeah. As opposed to why don't we do this together? Yeah. I I don't understand how this is a hard concept to understand um, that if you work as a team, mm-hmm. you actually both make more than you would have individually. Mm-hmm. It might not seem like it because you have to share part yeah. of what you might be bringing in. I don't mean financial, but like if a client comes to me and says, hey, can you help me out with programming? Mm-hmm. Maybe, kind of, if it's mm-hmm. real general, but I know you're a better coach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send them your way. Yeah. And guess what? You now benefit because now you have another client, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I have someone comes in who needs help with recovery, but it's mostly nutrition, yeah, I'm going to send them to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the process, we as a business build a better reputation that brings more people in. Yeah. That synergy seems like common sense to me. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in this area, it doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. 
It's uh, it's crazy. I well, the amount of people just trying to do little operations on their own too, because they don't want to go in anywhere and like, you know, it's a thing. If like I can think of probably like two three gyms around here, if everyone just stopped what the fuck they're doing, one chief, one business owner, down your rent, bring all your clients, bring all your what you do. Um, you get a bigger space, you lower rent for those people in their, in their own little business, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But they still get a profit share or whatever. That's the equal compensation. Guess what motherfucker? Now you're making more and you're going to have more people in the time in in the long run because you're going to have all this shit and all this flow. And then you're a fucking super gym. Like, but Hey, what do I, what do I know? I don't fucking know what I'm doing. So, but People want their, you know, they're content. They're content with these small gains. They're content with these, like, the small money, the small clientele base. And, you know, they're safe in it is what it is. But they don't realize, like, if you just collaborated, and again, you can't have five owners. You have one owner of the entire business. And guess, you you think Apple, I'd like to go historically, how many businesses has Apple bought? Oh God! I Do you know no what I mean? Idea. Microsoft, all you know. How many small businesses have they bought up, and what are the what does those buyouts look like to those CEOs or those business owners? That like, I'm getting bought out by Apple. You think uh, would they buy Beats for a couple billion, two billion? I think they yeah. bought out Beats for. You think, you know, Dr. Dre sitting there like. Well, you know, I got a good business. I I can just sell beats on my own. Fuck no. He's like, give me that two billion. <laughs> He's like, I worked my ass off. I created a good product. Mm-hmm. Yep, give me two billion. I'm gonna go invest somewhere else. And uh, thanks for the, you know, he, he, I don't know what the deal is. You know, yeah. I don't know if he still gets cuts or what. But like, thanks for the money. I'll go invest that somewhere else because yeah. he created a product that was wanted. And boom, there you mm-hmm. go. Right, like. But for some reason in the fitness industry, we all want to be little chiefs and we all want to do it ourselves. And yeah. you, you look at um, some of the big, um, the big, big uh, chains, uh, why do I call them chains, um, training systems and things like that. Mm-hmm. Every coach inside that training system, could, I guarantee can have their own little operation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they created this, and some of these training systems, I mean, they're million, they're making million dollars a year plus within their business, you know, within their training business. Mm-hmm. You know, they try to try to get it across to people, but anyway, yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> uh, three hours later, I'm have to make that one two parts, but um, I just throw it all in there. Okay, just call it. Uh, everything <laughs> conglomerate of everything, but yeah, I think there's a lot of information in that episode. You guys there's, can dissect it. Two hours want. worth of good info right there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, yeah, I think that's it. So we can any announcements? Cut that off. Um, Dan has a level one for weightlifting here. I think January twenty second. Okay, sounds uh, right. Twenty first, twenty second. It's on the uh, USAW website. So anyone interested um, in getting that? Yeah, go USAW, on USAW. Level one coach. Um, 
other than that, I mean, we might end up running uh, some specials here after the first of the year. I think some of the coaches might. We'll see. But I don't know. We don't do we don't do a lot of specials. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of one of the things like price is price, and we've earned that price. And mm-hmm. every once in a while, yeah. put things out there. Yeah, I usually do it for like a gym membership. I I hardly ever. I give a you know, a little discount here and there once in a great while, mm-hmm. especially if someone's on multiple things with me, if they're on programming and nutrition and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But might be some things coming up. So, all right. Other than that, well, thanks for any questions. Yeah. Send in the questions, uh, you know, either, either DM or put them in the box. So we have uh, more things to answer. So, all right. Yeah. That's it for today. Have a good one.